You are listening to Therapist Unplugged for straight talk on life, relationships, and mental health. I am your host, Lori Poole, licensed professional counselor with the Montfort Group in North Dallas. Each episode will feature the unplugged views of guests and fellow therapists as we navigate hot topics, therapy trends, and the world around us. You ready to rock and roll? Ready to rock and roll. All right. Love. (laughs) Welcome to Therapist Unplugged. Let me say that again. Welcome to Therapist Unplugged. This is your host, Lori Poole. No, there's nothing wrong with my voice this morning. I've been laughing with my co-host, Corey Montfort, before we started recording. This morning, we are launching a little bit of a mini-series on Affairs of the Heart because it's the end of February, and Corey, February is the month of the heart. Mm, It's Valentine's Day. It is Heart Health Awareness Month. And it seems to me there are a lot of clients coming in with issues about breakups and dating and issues around sex and so on. So I thought today we could kick off this series talking about dating. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. I get a lot of that in my office for sure. Yeah. What are some of the things that come into your office about dating? I think, um, you know, I have uh, a lot of... Uh, single women in their 30s, never been married, uh, career focused, uh, trying to, you know, um, find the one, you know, to start having children. Um, but they don't want that to be the reason why they get married. And so the dating, listen, it's a lot different nowadays than I think uh, when we were younger dating. Uh, dating is a lot online. There's a whole different set of rules uh, that I think um, women and men nowadays uh, have to remember and follow. Uh, And then I also talk a lot with people that are dating after divorce, which is, you know, uh, complicated, especially if you have children Um, and there's limited time. And trying to step out into a world uh, that you haven't been in in a really long time. That can feel pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends dating in their 60s. Yeah. And that's quite an adventure. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is that some of the issues that come up in your 60s are not unlike the ones that you experience in your 30s. (laughs) Or maybe even in your teens. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I got ghosted. I don't understand. Yeah. Oh, he just wanted to get laid. Yeah. Yeah. Or I thought it was really um, the gentleman move for him to pick me up before our date. And then I realized, oh, he just wanted to make sure he also took me home. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, the things maybe as older women that we think are chivalrous, we have to really kind of be on guard um, nowadays um, that, oh, this means that I'm going to have to have really good boundaries because now he's in my home somehow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. The, um, the system of dating has changed profoundly in contrast to when I was growing up and to be perfectly transparent, I don't have a lot of 
experience in the dating realm because I've spent most of my life married. Right. Two different people, mind you, but married. Yes. So I didn't really have the opportunity to meet people through other people, etc., which is the way if you didn't meet someone through friends, you met them at a bar. Right. Or in or some kind of something. social. Yeah. Yes. Through work. Mm-hmm. It seems to me in the last 25 years anyway, as um online opportunities have presented themselves and then evolved into apps and so on, that the whole system of dating has changed profoundly and it's become more complicated Mm -hmm. and the rules have changed. Judgment, how you judge who you're dealing with can be a little crazy making because of these false profiles and how people present themselves. Yeah. Can you trust your intuition? Is what they're presenting real? I think that could be really unnerving for well, a lot of people. Well, yeah, and I and I think, you know, <clears throat> as as some like when I talk with um singles over 40 that have been married you know most of their adult life and they're stepping into this new realm that you know I mean 20 years ago we really weren't even on the internet right so nowadays you know stepping into that whole world and and being you know there's certain people that approach it um very sincerely um which is also you know it's 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 endearing right where they're very vulnerable and they they say everything that's on their mind on these apps. Um, they want, you know, the, the viewer to know them fully. And, and sometimes it's just too much because we have to know what those apps are for. And um, I, I'm an advocate for less is more if you're going to be on those apps. Um, and, you know, buy me a cup of coffee if you want to know more about me. Mm-hmm. Because really, it is more visual um, on a lot of these apps, it's, 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 and it's easy to just keep swiping. And so there's also, you know, when you write something in a text form, how that's interpreted. Um, and sometimes it, it boxes you in. And so there's, it's a, it's an art form kind of, of, of how to, how to approach, um, you know, getting a date with a high value person. It seems to me, too, there may be some people who translate much better on an app or in that format than they actually do in person. Absolutely. And then you have, of course, all these, the filters and the way, you know, the angles and, of course, the way we want to be, we, the way we want to be seen um, as, you know, the most attractive, the the most outgoing, fun, successful. We're putting out there, you know, our best face and not that there's much wrong with that but I also encourage people to to be more themselves because at the end of the day when you go out on the date and you get to know someone it's you know the long game is for them to see you and know you for you not this version of you that you want to be swiped right on yeah you know it's um, it's interesting you mentioned earlier about rules mm. And so I was speaking with a young woman uh, in her late 20s about the rules that she's developed over the last several months dating 
you know, through online apps. So I said, well, can you tell me what you, what are the rules you've developed for yourself in all of this? And um, one of the things she said was to plan. She wants to know, like, if we're going to have a date, plan ahead. I don't want some kind of spontaneous, I'll meet you in an hour. She said that usually means it's a hookup and it's not. And she said, I'm really not interested in that. So it's all about planning and planning to meet in a safe space. Yes. Um, Because she had an experience once where she didn't feel safe. Yes. And so she has um, really made sure that 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 she feels comfortable and safe. She also insists that the person walks her home. She lives in a big urban area, mm. and so it's about walking her home to make sure that she gets home safe and she's just not left to her own Smart. devices. So when you talk about the chivalry, mm-hmm. you know, for her, mm-hmm. um, as someone from the state, living in another city, that's going to be an important part for her. Yeah. Um, she's never the first one to text after a date. Yeah. You know, I... Personally, I kind of like that, um, and I, I think it kind of works um, with uh, if you're talking about you know um, the heterosexual kind of uh, roles, if you yes. will, yeah. um, uh, or at least even even uh, just talking in terms of masculine and feminine energies and what you're trying to cultivate and what you're trying to attract. And I think um, I always tell women, you need to realize that you are the prize. Because if you don't, you will never be treated like one. And so if you operate like that, that you value yourself enough, that if he is interested, he will reach out, he will follow up, he will ask you out again that you value yourself enough to wait for that. And it feels amazing. Mm. I love that. Treat yourself as the prize. Yeah. Yeah. View yourself as the prize. And because a man, a man wants to be with a woman that values herself too. And they will look at you as the prize if you value yourself as the prize. And so it's a win-win. It's not just, it's not just, you know, um, just because I'm a woman, it's because I really believe in that dynamic what about who pays on a date? Um, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm old school, so I think in the beginning it also I think I think men really value good men really value if they're in it for the for the long term. They value uh, taking care of and providing for a woman. Um, and again, I know we're, we're strictly talking about this in the, in the heterosexual yeah. norm, norm, norm relationships, but, um, I do, I think allowing someone to treat you well is hard sometimes for women because we give a lot all the time. Mm-hmm. So the benefit of having a relationship is to allow someone to pour into us And that doesn't just translate financially, but I think that it's a component. And I think the longer you date someone, obviously there, there can be shared expenses and it doesn't always have to be the man paying for everything all the time. But in the beginning, as he is courting you, uh, let yourself be taken care of because it makes them feel good too. 
That's true. I think that's true for a lot of men, depending on what the end game is. Exactly. Yeah. No, we've all heard the, the <clears throat> horror stories of, of, uh, of men not getting what they want and then they want to split the check or something like that. And so if, if you ever feel like it, it means that you owe them something, um, well, first of all, you don't no matter what they say. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of women will try to, you know, make sure that everything's equal so they don't feel pressured into owing them something that they're not prepared to give them. But I say, just let them, let them think that, let them think that that doesn't mean they're going to get it, but let them take care of you. Mm -hmm. Um, don't try to just, uh, just prevent any feelings of, of once you notice that, that the guy is uncomfortable because he didn't get what he wants, then you can end it. Right. Well, and that brings me to the next question about sex. Do you have sex on the first date? Do you wait it out? When, when do you have sex? And I, and I wonder if that isn't a question that many women struggle with because there are men, for example, who where that very scenario you've just described happens, mm -hmm. that when there isn't sex, and I, uh, a friend of mine went through that where the gentleman who, I use that term loosely now in retrospect, um, after several dates, thought that because she invited him for dinner that 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 was an open door for sex right like in her house meaning yeah yeah and for in her head it was not correct and he was quite offended <laughs> right and so that ended the i mean that was the end of it of course you know amongst other things but I, i'm just wondering about you know how does one discern when it's time for do you listen to your inner GPS when you're comfortable for, are there rules? Like for some women, there's rules. One of the things that this young woman said was, you know, the question about sex is if I have no attachment to the outcome, in other words, I'm not, I don't care if this becomes sure. a long distance, uh, sure. sorry, a, a long-term relationship, then there's, there's no, there, there, there's no skin in the game. Right. Pardon the pun. Right. Um, <laughs> but if it's, but if it's someone I'm genuinely interested in, I will be very discerning. Yes. And hold out. Yes. And wait. Yes. To see where things. I are think going. that's really wise advice because, um, <clears throat> you know, first of all, it should always be something that you want to do. So that's just rule number one. Right. It shouldn't be something that you feel like, well, it's been three dates and he's going to break up with me if I don't. Right. Or he's bought me dinner four times. It, exactly. You know, the, the pressure to do it is not a reason to do it, no matter how long you've been going out or what he's done for you. Um, you should, you know, if it's not something you want after, you know, a certain length of time, you have to question if this is a good relationship for you. But I like her way of thinking, which is, listen, you know, if you want to have sex and you value yourself and this is something that you just want, if you want to do it on first date or one night stand, that is completely up to you. But know that that it probably isn't going to turn into, uh, I mean, a long-term relationship. I think getting to know someone and again, making sure they understand your worth and your value uh, because if, if you are in it for the long term, 
I think waiting a bit uh, to be that vulnerable and letting someone actually into you at that level is um, respecting yourself. Right. And what you offer, because it's a lot. It's a lot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I think to myself frequently, dating today feels very complicated mm-hmm. and uncertain. Mm-hmm. And there are many people who become addicted to the chase through these apps. Yes. They get addicted to the feedback. Did somebody swipe me? It's the chase, mm-hmm. but it's not really about evolving relationships it's like the whole yeah it's not chase pursuit right it's not about like finding connection no No, it's about validating their worth or their market value that's right exactly so there's that part of it there is also a pattern of having an experience where you meet someone and then being ghosted and not really understanding why. This seems to come up a lot mm-hmm. amongst women that, mm-hmm. that I work with, where they'll have an evening or a, a meeting and they'll think, gee, that we had a really good time, mm-hmm. seem to connect, and then they never hear from that person. Mm-hmm. And then the focus becomes, the questioning is self-doubt. What did mm-hmm. I do? Was there mm-hmm. something about me? And I'll say, hey, no, listen, you know what? You dodged a bullet. There might have been something there about, you know. Yeah. And, um, and you can't, You, I, I tell women too, or men in this case, um, if they've been ghosted, um, especially after a short period of time, they can't reject something they don't know. Right. So it it's hard because all of us can tend to be like that. Like, what what was it about me? But we don't know what's going on in their life. No, we have no know? clue. Yeah. And I think some, you know, often the default is we ask ourselves, was it something about me? But I love what you just said. They can't reject something. There's someone they don't know and they don't know me. You can't know someone after one meeting. It's impossible. No. Um, The other thing I was thinking about is for advice, um, uh, especially for women. I guess it's easier to talk about women because I am one and uh, and I have I have, uh, you know, been dating um, after divorce and stuff like that. So I've been on these apps and I've, I've had some personal experience with it, but I think it's really important for women to be clear up front, even before they have sex with the person for the Mm -hmm. first time about what their, their intentions are and what their boundaries are. Um, You know, for me, I've been, you know, in a long-term relationship now dating um, a wonderful man. But when we first decided to have sex, I said, just so you know, um, you know, we hadn't defined our relationship quite yet. Because there's that line where nobody really wants to talk about it. You just right. want it to be like, well, I think we're exclusive. Um, but, you know, I said, I just want you to know when it comes to sex... I don't share well. So if you're not in a place where you're ready to be sexually monogamous, so I wasn't asking you to define the relationship, I said, then I think we should wait. And I think, you know, he actually, looking back on that, uh, 
was he said that's like the boldest thing a woman's ever said because a lot of women don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. saying what they need right up front they are just really if they like the guy they just really want to be whoever they he wants them to be so that you know they'll continue to like them but i think you know that earned a lot of respect and it helped me understand moving forward at least we were going to be sexually monogamous um, even before we defined boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and I think it's okay to say those things more than okay. I think it's necessary that, you know, women say what they want before they give what he wants. It sounds to me as though being able to say that took a lot of introspection and (laughs) self-reflection to get to that point where you could find the words. Yeah. Because just in sharing that word choice about being sexually monogamous, you know, in terms of what you wanted or needed in order to be comfortable in the relationship, I don't think there's a lot of women, Corey, who would present it that way. No. Truthfully, I, I, you know, I think that's really special. Yeah. And you got there because you were, you'd been really thinking about what you needed. Yeah. So I think that's great advice and, and a really interesting way of framing it in terms of what we need. Yeah. Um, in order to feel safe yeah. and um, open. Yeah. You know, about what we need. Yeah. And, and unapologetic. That's right. Unapologetic. I think women often feel like, oh, I don't know. Can I say this? Right. You know, and man, you know, listen, it's time. It's time. It's time to stop apologizing for what we need. That's right. Head and heart must be aligned. And this is the month of the heart. Yes. Head and heart in alignment. So in our next episode, Corey, we're going to talk about recovering from heartbreak. Hmm. Because there's a lot of broken hearts out there. Yes. And I think it's important to talk about how do you recover from a broken heart, whether it's through the breakup of a relationship, maybe losing a partner through illness and death. Yeah. And those are different experiences, perhaps. But the losses, the loss and grief have a lot of similarities. Yes. Yes. And I know when I have folks coming in to see me and they're in this recovery period and they're just so devastated, how long is it going to take? What do I need to do? I just want this pain to be over because it's so unbearable. So I think we need to talk about that next time. Yeah. Well, I look forward to that. Okay. Um, I always look forward to these. We have a lot of fun. Uh, me too. I love hearing about your experience and just getting to chat about some of these things. Yeah. It's well, um, until next time. Until next time, my friend. <laughs> Take care. The Montfort Group aims to provide a serene, calming setting where you can feel challenged, supported, and motivated. Our skilled therapists bridge specialized backgrounds and varied philosophies together to create one unified strategy. Rather than steer you away from your own natural abilities, we help you maximize your unique strengths to uncover the boldest version of yourself. We do not view a broken history as the end of a story.
we see it as an opportunity for a new beginning. To learn more about our practice and how we can help you, please visit us at themontfortgroup.com.